Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you recently handled a case where one brother was suing his two brothers, your clients. What happened? Well, Dennis, the two brothers struggled but succeeded to build three restaurants. But when the third brother returned from being out of the country for 20 years, he sued to get one-third of their business. He claimed an oral deal between them because he had once worked as a cook for them. So what did you do? Well, during trial, we got him to acknowledge certain key dates and to his complete lack of documentation. So when his side rested, we asked the court for what's called a directed verdict, a motion that gets rid of a case after fatal facts come out during trial. And the court agreed, shooting down all but one of the brothers' causes of action. And we settled that one for a very small amount and excused the jury. And justice was done. My friends, you know that I trust Barack Lurie with my own business and other legalities. So to make sure a deal is done right, call him for your own legal issues at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Park, 866-575-8111. podcast and I'm Rick Lurie. Thanks so much for tuning in. With me is my good friend and producer Ari David. Always a pleasure. Um, we, um, we we like to talk about the big topics as you can kind of kind of see and hear. You've you've enjoyed a lot of our concepts of uh, oh I don't know some examples of like liberal by association and that uh, the argument there was that people who are liberal um, fascinated us because it makes no sense at all liberalism at least for an adult, um, that it reflects some childish thinking in many ways. And we, we determined in that podcast that uh, liberals are liberals as adults because they have an associative element to it, right? It's because they were raised in an area where everyone else was liberal or their professor that they really admired or maybe even had a crush on um, was, uh, was liberal. And by golly, if he were here, he'd be able to respond to your conservative nonsense just so. Um, so they, they just, they, it's, a, it's a liberal by association. We also had uh, marginal thinking the other day where we talked about how liberals argue at the margin. They don't really focus on the, the main arguments. They will always focus on the exceptions to the argument and thereby uh, eviscerate the entire program. Uh, Obamacare is such a good example of that, right? Death penalty, gun control, as you said. And boys gang use girls' bathrooms because of an occasional transgender student. Okay, there you Perfect go. Example. Yeah, good example. Exactly. I've been waiting to use that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and we talked about uh, the how how to view God in, in terms of uh, the the odds and the numbers instead of just seeing it as a faith issue. For example, we talked about abortion um, and the, the the fallacies of the pro life sorry the pro choice movements. Um, and how that, by the way, reflects marginal thinking. But there's something that, that uh, I was thinking the other day about how whenever liberals process an argument, they always end up saying the same thing. And it doesn't matter what year it is, they'll say the same thing. It doesn't matter if it, it was tried before and it was laughed at before and it failed before. They'll bring it out and they'll say it again. Okay, and this time it'll work. And yes, it brings up that famous expression, uh, insanity is trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. 
Yes, and of course that's true. But it, it, it makes me think of the movie Groundhog Day, right? That, that movie was a lot of fun. I think it was Bill Murray in it. And he plays this character, uh, a news anchor of some kind, um, who is uh, going to cover a, a human interest story of, of Groundhog Day in this once very small town. I think it was New York State. And, and he, he just gets something wrong, and he constantly offends this one woman that he likes. And it's just one day, and then he wakes up the next day, and it's exactly the same day, except that he has the ability to change it, but he sees the exact same um, janitor at the stairwell. He sees uh, everything that, that, that the little nuances are exactly the same as they were. And it takes a couple of days before he realizes that he's just reliving the exact same day. And the only thing that's different is what he does with it, right? And it gets to the point, you know, he keeps getting shot down for all the things that he wants to achieve. And he kind of likes this girl, I think played by... Uh, Gina Davis. Was it Gina Davis? Or? I think it was Gina Davis. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up while you talk. Oh, right. So all right. It, it doesn't matter. Right? But, but a, but a uh, you know, attractive uh, anchor woman also that, that work together and they have some sort of you know, hostility toward each other at the beginning. But the point is that he, he, he just ends up being a nicer person. At the very end of the movie, he's found the way to not be a jerk. Andy McDowell. That's the one. I knew it was not Gina Davis. Please. Um, so... Uh, they look the same. <laughs> seen one, you've seen them all. <laughs> so he finds a way of just being a lot nicer. And, and then the, the glorious moment at the end of the movie, at least, is that he's now been allowed to advance to the next day. And, and things are good. And the movie, the credits roll and everything is great. And then it occurred to me, my liberal friends, who are still liberal, they are living in Groundhog Day. That's right. They are just repeating the same day over and over again. The same beliefs, the same arguments, the same attitudes, the same accusations toward their conservative friends. It's just, it's all, it's all Groundhog Day. And it's such a perfect parallel. And, and I'll explain why. Because Groundhog Day is happening all the time to the liberals. Uh, there are people who've, who've encouraged price controls in the past, uh, and, and that failed over and over again. And yet people continually uh, pull out the mantra of price controls. Minimum wage, same thing. They, they, they've argued we should have a fair wage. It doesn't matter what the, the hourly rate would be. It would, never be, it would be, never be fair enough. No one could possibly say what that fair wage is. Uh, likewise with health care, uh, that's global warming, of course. I mean, such a good example. They've, they've made this argument before, and, and it, it failed. It didn't show up at the doorstep, so to speak, and now here it comes again, and, and again it's not showing up. But they're, and they're going to they're gonna argue it again. And if it, you know, it'll go into a hibernation mode, the global warming argument, because it just doesn't make any sense. And then 10 years from now, when circumstances change again, they'll bring up global warming again, as if it never happened before. That's, that's groundhog day thinking, isn't it? Um, and you have the same thing with uh, uh, the stimulus, right? People say, I know what will pump up the economy, a stimulus, right? Whether it's a trillion dollars or, you know, two trillion dollars or whatever, it, it's never worked in the history of mankind. But this time it'll work. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. So it's not just insanity. 
uh, here because you're repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And it is insanity for that reason. But it's really Groundhog Day, isn't it? And it's sad that you're trapped in this, this repeated day over and over again that you can never get yourself out of. You can never bust out of. And, and I said this is a perfect analogy, but it really does fall flat in one very important way. You see, in Groundhog Day, the Bill Murray character, he made changes every day. He, he didn't, didn't say, I'm going to do the exact same thing I did yesterday, you know, his, his yesterday, the, the same, which was really the same day. The previous today. The previous, yeah, the previous today, good, good way of putting it. He tried something different, and yet that would fail too. And uh, he would just keep on going on and on. But, but he did try to change. But not so with the liberal mindset. They just say the same thing. It's, and, and that movie would truly be boring if, if it, it was simply uh, Bill Murray was a pure liberal. He would just do the same thing over and over again and hope that it would be a different result. Well, but they go further. They do the same thing only more intensely. Ah. Instead of a $10 an hour minimum wage, let's try a 20 Instead of a, you know, 60% tax, let's try a 90% tax on the rich. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Instead of not confronting Iran militarily, let's give them a nuke. Right. You see, you see, this blends a perfect, uh, a couple of theories that we've had, including Year Zero, which you adopted, uh, Ari, which I like so much. Um, Year Zero and Groundhog Day, they're very related, aren't they? Because Year Zero, your theory, is that liberals are always constantly resetting the clock, Right which by definition means that they ignore everything that happened before. Nothing counts. There's nothing to be learned from history. This is the moment of creation, and before creation, there is nothing. There was nothing, so. right. You can ignore it all. And, and likewise, in Groundhog Day thinking, uh, they, they end up having to revert back, and they're just repeating their mistakes over and over again, not realizing that they're doing so, of course. We see it in time. We, we could tell you, you know, for, for us, the beginning of liberalism really started in, with Roosevelt, you know, 1932, the, the way we think of it. There, were, there was progressivism before. Yeah, I, mean, I think of it from the French Revolution, but your point about Roosevelt works for the example for, you're going to give. Yeah, because up to 1929, America was able to survive without nonsense progressivism. It, did, it didn't have a, uh, it didn't grab the American psyche. It didn't change the very structure and fabric of America. The New Deal was the first time that uh, the, the government really tried to toy with the system and change it completely. Okay, so that was the first Groundhog Day, so to speak, the New Deal. But, and I'm only talking, let's say, the first six months. It didn't work. What did Roosevelt do? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. And it lasted until he died in 1944, I believe. And this... There's no excuse for it. He kept on trying over and over again with basically the same concept of government interference. And it led to the disaster we know as the Great Depression. Um, so, so you think, okay, we would learn from that. But no, we, we just go back and, and repeat the same thing with the Great Society, with LBJ, right? Uh, we, we repeat and this. with Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter. And, and with Clinton and Obama. Yeah. Clinton less so because Clinton played ball, but... Um, but, but Clinton, at least Hillary Clinton, wanted to pass her version of health care. And, and they all think in their heads that what really matters is this government mandate and government, uh, you know, command and control economy that has never worked ever before, ever. 
And, and it's the very thing we ran away from when we started this great experiment called America. Anyway, uh, so you would think that we, you'd be able to look back and, and learn on these things. That the, the Bill Murray character certainly would. He would say, hey, this New Deal thing, that didn't work. I'm not going to do anything like it. What else can I do? And so the, the, Bill, the Groundhog Day moment, in other words, the last day, the one that does work for him, what would that be? In, in economic terms, it would be the great day when we all realize that to, and we all agree to look at history, actually study it and say, hey, what worked in the past? And we'd say, ah, you know what? The, the one thing that seems to consistently work is that it was whenever we pulled government away from private industry, whenever we embraced free market capitalism, and whenever we embraced a God-centered free market capitalist society, that's when things seem to really work. Maybe we should try that more. Yeah, culture of personal responsibility, a government that's as small as possibly it can be without, of course, surrendering the yeah. one thing it needs to do, which is defend the homeland and uh, American interests, um, a, a culture that is, is uh, founded upon personal responsibility and yeah. ethical monotheism, these yeah. things always work. It's like, you know how you talk about uh, in the marginal episodes and, and others and, and global warming game over, how all those things in liberalism, if they work, it's by da darn luck, and they never work. The things we espouse are so simple, and they always, always work. work. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, now, somebody listening to this will say, what are you talking about, uh, Brock and Ari? This, that whole crazy thing with the 2008-2009 market crash and, and the, the real estate stuff. Okay, well, that's, that's built upon a total false, a false foundation that somehow the Republicans that are one, were the ones who created the real estate bubble. They were not. It wasn't the greedy Wall Street bankers as if somehow they were more greedy uh, this past generation than they were in the previous generation. It's all nonsense. Okay. Oh, uh, can I just say uh, an analogy that came to mind that sure. I think might kind of impress you because it just impressed me unless it's complete idiocy. It's like blaming farm, saying what they say about the 2007-2008 market crash is like saying farmers are responsible for famines. Yeah, that, that's really what it is. Like the people who grow food, <clears throat> because famines will occur in, in, uh, occasionally. They'll occasionally be in a volcanic eruption somewhere else and cause no rain or overcast skies so your wheat doesn't grow. For a season, right. and people then go hungry. It ain't the farmer's fault. Right. Sometimes <clears throat> stuff doesn't work. Well, I'll give you another analogy that I think may be more apt. Uh, although I like what you said, uh, it was—it's more like the fireman doesn't create the fire. The fireman—that's you know, excellent too. Yes, you, you see him with the fire, but you don't say. There's a correlation <laughs> there, I guess. Uh, where you see a fire, you often see a fireman. That Is red it? truck was at the scene of the arson. That's right. That doesn't mean that he created the arson, right? And, and that's why I think it's a little bit more apt, only because the Republicans did not create this situation. On the contrary, they fought against this. They, they said this might be a big problem for us. Uh, and not all of them, of course. Some of them benefited from this, from the moving in the, the mantra. And they, but it's not as if they, they advanced it as a policy of theirs. They may have agreed to it reluctantly because they wanted to get a different bill passed, so they agreed to the... To this notion of uh, giving uh, basically free loans to people who could not handle it. But that's another story. Let's move on because I want to talk about Groundhog Day again, which is at the very end of the movie, you get the sense that now Bill Murray has found his way and he's uh, going to succeed now and he's, he's moving forward. He's advancing, right? 
And it makes me think of, of a previous podcast we had a long time ago. And, and, and when we say he's advancing, he's now going to have a better life. He's going to enjoy life. He's going to find meaning in his life, right? With love, and he's going to treat women better, and everything is going to be great. Okay. Remember a long time ago, Ari, you and I had a, an interesting podcast where we talked about the conversations that we are having and the conversations that we should be having. Yes. Right? Yes. That's, that's what it is. When we... When, when we, when we accomplish that final day in Groundhog Day where we realize the right way of doing things. Don't you know, aren't you certain that the conversation, the joys that we will experience, um, we will be able to advance in a way like never before. Just embrace free market capitalism, God-centered free market capitalism, uh, democratic, of course, um, and and life will be so pleasant for everyone involved. Everyone will be able to self-actualize. There'll be far less homelessness. There'll be far less greed. There'll be far uh, more wealth distributed among the world. There'll be so the, uh, many the wealthy world. people that for any person who's homeless on the street, when they do get a bro- brother, can you spare me a dime moment, they'll get a stack of $100 bills put in their little cup. Right, instead of the There'll instead be of the so much wealth. Right. And, and there will be, uh, nothing will ever be perfect that way, but it'll be so much better. It, it, it'll... And it's the only thing that can work. I mean, as Winston Churchill famously said, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others. Well, okay, free market capitalism is the worst form of economic system except for all the others, right? We, we know that. And that's, that's what we need to learn. And, and if we do learn that, then, like Bill Murray, we will enjoy and we'll advance beyond Groundhog Day indeed. Okay, and so what do I what do I mean by advancing? I mean, you know, we, we want to get that feeling that that Bill Murray has at the very last day, where he suddenly realizes he's broken through February second, and now it's February third, right? Uh, and and it's going to be a much more pleasant life. So what what does that look like for us? What does advancing mean for us? It means uh, the pursuit of interstellar travel. It means the quest to find God. It means embracing. Uh, the best in, in beauty and art. It means uh, finding uh, new ways of uh, advancing wealth for everyone else, the, the great new gadgets that we're all looking for. Uh, and I'm talking about gadgets like uh, the flying car, um, cars that can uh, drive by themselves, um, changing the way that we look at uh, the freeway system, for example, and um, you know, advancing ways of of truly avoiding congestion. And, and the, the answers are all there. They're so easy. You, you simply price freeways. That, that's it. That's, that's, if you priced freeways, you would have virtually no traffic anymore, and you would have smooth, clean rolls. I ro- think roads. the flying car solves that even better. <laughs> that's true. That's Sorry, true. but... Yeah, <laughs> but we quit. But they, they roads space, where we're going, we don't need, need no roads. roads. Right. <laughs> but, but the point right. is, it, this shows the imagination of advancement. You first fix the freeway system through supply and demand allocation, and then we reach a point of advancement through growth in the economy where someone comes up with a an actual flying car that works. Right, right, and and uh, and then of course we'll have you know you, the more medicine that is much more palatable and uh, much more effective, for example. Uh, and people will say, well, you know, and then we'll throw out a, a drug out there, and then we won't know whether the people are going to die as a result of the drug. That's why we need the FDA. Mm, the FDA is actually a, a very corrupt entity at this point, and and any overseas agency that's government controlled is going to be just so. 
Uh, no, you just make simply laws that if you are deceptive in your advertising, then then you get really hammered as a company. That's it. Yeah, fraud is illegal. All you have to do is enforce fraud. That's right. It's, and, and just so you know, as we've talked about, if you have an ethical base culture within your society, you're going to have almost no one, a very marginal group, actually committing fraud. Ah, there's, and, there's thinking of the margin, right? I mean, I, I'm so glad you thought, brought that up as an example, not to, not to trip you up. But I, I wanted to use that as such a great example. Yes. Because people say, we'll say exactly that. They'll say, well, if we have a whole system based upon, uh, you know, freeing regulations and such like that, well, there'll, there'll be those people that will always distort the system. And we need regulations to stop those people. Right? And that's why we need the Securities uh, Act of 1933. That's why we need Dodd-Frank. That's why we need all these crazy rules because of those people at the margin. Never mind that they'll never stop them. Never mind that Bertie Madoff followed all the rules and regulations. And he managed to, to, to push off the, the, the biggest Ponzi scheme in history. After Social Security. Yeah, good point. But, but, uh, so it's hard to interrupt you, but that's, that's the main point. It's, it's marginal thinking. Your interruption said exactly what I wanted you Good. to say based on But that's exactly yeah. it. And, and because of that, there'd be massive self-policing within the society, cultural pressure. If you will, the way we have cultural pressure on anyone who spews racist gibberish today, we right. shun them. Yeah. We, don't need, we don't need government stepping in and wrecking their lives. Yeah. Release us. I mean, who, who are, when I say release us, I mean, let, let, let us humans be who we are destined to be. Clearly, God wants us to see our full potential. Every government regulation is a way of minimizing somebody's full potential. And, and that includes uh, whether it's the, the minimum wage or otherwise. Uh, it, it's, it's unhealthy for everyone involved. It's unhealthy for us as a society. We need new norms. And we need to be about something. And here's one of the beautiful things. I always say this. When, when you have God in your lives and you understand that there is a God, it, then it begs further questions, doesn't it? Okay, great. There's, a, there's a, um, a master builder, as it were, to use the legal movie uh, phrase. There's a master builder involved in this universe. Okay, so now I've accepted that. What, what, what is his purpose for me? Yeah, what does he want what from me? What does he me? want from me? And, and then the questions come even further. And, and answers come to those questions. And it's so delicious asking these questions at all. But you see, my friends, you can never get there. Never. When you're stuck in Groundhog Day. And that's what we must bust out of. My friends, I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk with you really soon. Carries us out.